Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite video games. What was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we get solutions to the problems. And we got an interesting episode. This is not the usual Dr. Script Show that we're going to talk about. Um... And I'm glad to be here with my lovely guest, Sam. Hey, it's good to be here on the Dr. Script uh, video game edition. Yeah, kind of. sort of. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're talking a little bit about a game series that I know is near and dear to many people's hearts. Their <laughs> kingdom hearts, if hey. you will. Hey. <laughs> Uh, Taylor, kind of give the format of what's going on today. So today is going to be a little different. We usually talk about movies and talk about what we would change to make them better. Today we're going to talk about how to make this video game Kingdom Hearts uh, into a... How to adapt it, like into a TV show or movie and talk about certain things we would want to prove on that also, but mostly like how to adapt this game into modern media, I would say. Mm -hmm. This is something I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Uh, the new game is coming out next this upcoming week, and I have been waiting for this game for over <laughs> a decade. Uh, yeah, the series has uh, their three mainline games and about a thousand spinoffs. Yes. And they are not uh, easy games to understand or get through, as mostly just saying the titles is the hardest <laughs> part uh, for things like... Kingdom Hearts, uh, R.E. Chain of Memories, and 365 Days Over 2. <laughs> uh, yes, but so this whole, the whole lore of Kingdom Hearts is very complicated, and we're going to try and stick to just the basics, so we're mostly going to talk about the first Kingdom Hearts, we'll talk about the second one here and there, but we're not going to get into the newer spin-off games, and yeah. what's wrong with that, because that's a whole different like 24-hour podcast we would have yeah maybe we could get into it like a little bit at the end with the details of the spin-offs but like just gonna focus on that and like the whole for anyone who's like i guess doesn't know about kingdom hearts the gist of it is that it's uh, a video game in which the characters of disney worlds and final fantasy worlds and then a few original creations come together in a big crossover where they fight the forces of evil yes it's a very playing good and bad, like who has the uh, light heart and who has the dark heart. Mm -hmm. Should we go into more detail about that now, or should we talk more about what our personal experiences are with this property? Well, let's talk a little bit about what the what the property is itself. Okay. So just like the, the overall story, and then we can get a little personal with it. Okay. So the first game, our main character, Sora, is this about teenager guy who lives on this one world called Destiny Islands. And one night, the island is attacked by these things called the Heartless. And those are basically just, like, little beans that have no heart. So they attack the island. Sora gets separated from his friends, Kairi and Riku, who are, like, his best friends. They always hang out together. And the whole world gets destroyed. Sora wakes up in this one place with not recognizing anything and finds out that he is the chosen one to, to wield the thing this weapon called the keyblade and now Sora bumps into Donald Duck and Goofy Goofy doesn't have a last name does he and Goofy Duck <laughs> they're the best partnership yeah he bump when he gets to this uh, kind of weird dark town he runs into uh, Donald and Goofy and the three of them and then the, in their world in like the Magical Kingdom uh, King Mickey has gone missing He's gone to try and fight the darkness, and they've been tasked with finding him. So Sora, Donald, and Goofy team up to try and find King Mickey. And along the way, they kind of take this thing called the Gummy Ship 
and they go to different Disney properties <laughs> in order to try and find the clues. Meanwhile, there's a, a sinister organization going on with Disney villains led by Maleficent of Sleeping Beauty fame, and they are all trying to uh, basically kidnap the seven princesses of heart uh, to unlock their ability to open the doors to Kingdom Hearts and kind of rule all worlds. Yes. And so as Sora, Donald Goofy are looking for the king, they're also unlocking the world's heart, which is like the main thing they're after, the bad guys and the good guys, because if the bad guys get this key to the heart of the of the world, then it will be all filled in darkness. Mm-hmm. Right? And already like the Heartless and like all these other creatures have come and tried to uh, take over while Maleficent and an unseen foe are attempting to take over these worlds. Yes. That's basically the gist of it. There's more in-detail stuff that we could get into later about, like... Because <laughs> the main bad is not just Maleficent. There's another guy named Ansem. But let's that's the cookie-cutter. This Sora goes to different worlds that are made by Disney properties and saves the, saves the world from darkness. Okay. So Taylor, what is what have your experiences been with Kingdom Hearts? I love this <laughs> video game series. I have been pumped for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out for over a decade. Like to give you some perspective, uh, from since the last game came out till today, there have been three different US presidents. <laughs> At the time of when the last game out came out to this one, there could have been four different US presidents. Wow. That's uh a qu- a qu- quite a turnover in leadership uh, that we've had. Maybe it's because of all this, all the turmoil in the, in politics that we haven't been given a Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, only, but I, I've this is probably the video game series I play the most. I've played the games over and over again. It is one of my favorites. It is my favorite. I would say I can't really think of anything that I would like more. Yeah. Do you have the remixes where you've also played a little bit of the spinoffs, or has it mostly just been main one and two? Mainly one and two. I've tried playing the spinoffs a couple times, but I, I just can't afford all the different consoles that it comes out on. So I've played the actual remix versions that are on the PlayStation, but like not all the way through. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the lore of Kingdom Hearts gets so complicated too, where. For casuals, I could see why things get complicated. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this guy is this guy. But actually, to plot twist, that guy was Riku. Yeah. He looked like the guy, bad guy from the first one. And it's like, what? That's that's definitely how I felt doing watching a little bit of the recaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a few videos on that. Yes, yeah, so uh, g- going more to what what's your perspective of Kingdom Hearts and everything? So I always appreciated Kingdom Hearts. I didn't actually play it as much when I was younger. Uh, my I didn't have a PlayStation mm-hmm. growing up, so I played and I watched other people play like friends and then when Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories came out on the Game Boy Advance I was like this is my chance (laughs) I got this and I started playing it and boy was I out of my depth joining a game (laughs) I was already one one complicated game in but I still had a great time with it it was really fun I didn't know a whole lot about two because I never at that point I hadn't like been playing it my other friends hadn't been playing it as much so I knew the gist of one, and I had finished uh, Chain of Memories. Okay. So that was kind of my thing, and then I would just hear these crazy things where it's like, here's a new Kingdom Hearts game, but it's not three, it's this <laughs> other one. 
Oh my god, that that was the worst thing where it teased you. It like they would come out with new games, but it just like really wouldn't have to deal with the overall plot or anything. Yeah. Or I mean, it well, did for the overall plot, but it like not continuing. It's yeah, like let's yeah. go all the way back to when the first Keyblade was made and the Keyblade Wars. And well, then there's some parts that are like this is what overlaps with Sora's journey over here, and here's what happens a little bit later. Because like I at one day I was bored like before we decided to do this as mm-hmm. one of our uh, ventures. And I just read the Wikipedia summary for all of the games, and I was 100% lost. <laughs> I did not understand what was happening. And, I mean, yeah, I tried watching, like, some other videos, like, online about, like, here's here's the cutscenes, here's the explanation, and they still just made no sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I that's very understandable. Let's talk about our characters a bit more before we get into how to adapt it just for the newer viewers or, like, new people that have no idea about the Kingdom Hearts games. So our main guy is Sora. He's the Keyblade wielder. He's, like, very upbeat, optimistic, and always, like, willing to fight for his friends. Mm -hmm. Donald Duck, you know, he's a douche now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. In this game, he's a wizard. Yes. Uh, So wizard. He's so (laughs) (laughs) wizard. Anyway, he's, he's kind of the brains of the operation. Goofy's like a knight. He does a lot of physical attacking, uh, but is still also... Similarly, very charges into battle, does whatever he feels is right, just wears it hard on his sleeve. Right. And now Riku, one of Sora's best friends on Destiny Island, where they're originally from, Riku and Sora have always had like this back and forth like competitiveness where they're always like trying to push each other to the limits. After Destiny Island blows up or like gets destroyed, Riku falls into the darkness and is on Team Maleficent's side, like the Heartless. And so the whole during all the games he's battling with his light and darkness, like he's a really like hot topic character. <laughs> like he's always brooding and uh, he, th- there is clearly a Disney hot topic he yeah. went to. <laughs> but like he just struggles with the darkness all the time, and he's always just trying to do the right thing, but he doesn't realize what he's doing is not always the best thing. Mm-hmm. Sora's other best friend, Kyrie on Destiny Island is kind of like the the mediator between the two. Like, she's always, you know, talking talking to both Sora and Riku about, like, what they should do. They need to get off the island, do lots of exploring. Again, once the once the island kind of is swallowed by the darkness, it's, it's unclear whether she has, like, survived or not. And, I guess, spoilers for the game? Yeah, sure. Uh, if, if we find out that, along with some of the Disney princesses, uh, Kyrie is one of the uh, princesses of light or princess of heart, and they're tra- they, uh, Maleficent has kidnapped her in order to try and unlock the Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Riku, Sora have always sort of pined after Kyrie. Like, that's main- they're a big thing that why they are so competitive with one another. And so once the islands get destroyed, Sora is just trying to find his friends. And then this being a keyblading guy who saves other worlds is sort of like... Something he does on the side. <laughs> it, it's, it's a win-win. He gets to save the world and try and find his friends again. Yes. So uh, that's the basic like characters that you would need to know. Anything else you think we would need to talk about for new people who don't know the property? Not specifically. Once we get into adaptation, we'll, the plot will, will work itself out. Okay, so Sam, we're talking about adapting this video game. What type of format do we want this to be in? Should it be a movie, a TV show, a podcast? <laughs> it's just Sora speaking into it very quietly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to, welcome to uh, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, this is where me and my friends Donald and Goofy say hi, guys. <laughs> Hello, audience. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think it would be cool and epic as a movie, and it would be like there would be so many things going on. It'd be like really cool. However, 
the format of Kingdom Hearts in which they go to individual Disney properties and like kind of have their own adventures in between. Mm-hmm. It really it really needs to be a, a series of some kind, whether mini or ongoing TV series. I think it, I think it really fits into the mold better, so that you can like flesh out these characters and flesh out the situations and still have individual moments that leave an impact but still take you on a whole journey. Because if it was just a movie that was like supposed to be two hours, you'd have such like little bits of time with every world. It's part of why something like The Last Airbender didn't do so well, because it was trying to include 20 episodes worth of content in like a two-hour movie, and you really only get so much time. No, I completely agree, because I think a movie, you don't get to go everywhere, and that's the best parts of this game. Is the like, oh, I get to run around in uh, Hercules' Coliseum, or like, oh, Peter Pan, like I get to interact on a Captain Hook ship, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Where if we did that in a movie, it, the, the, the Avatar example is the perfect way to look at that. And I think this does need to be a TV show. There's way more stuff we could tackle with it, and it'd be a lot more fun. I think. Mm-hmm. Are we talking 23 minute episodes, 42 minute episodes? I mean, the way that I would imagine it is, and you can say what you think, but I, th- I imagine it as because you could do it like different medium styles, like do it for every every Disney property they enter, mm-hmm. they like go into that thing. But I think it'd be cool to have 23 minute anime, kind of like Japanese style, okay, uh, of of making it work. Because I feel like that would fit everything together, like the things that are lesser, and not lesser, older animation quality that doesn't move as fast, and then the 3D things that are like too lifelike meet somewhere in the middle for that kind of format. I agree, because I think it would be cool to see every new animation style used for that. So like if it's Lion King, it's like, oh yeah, it's 2D, mm-hmm. but then if, because in the new games they're doing stuff like Toy Story, where it's like, you know, the 3D animation and that would just sort of look weird i feel like and going back and forth between 2d and 3d would just throw people off i think we do have to go the standard anime route this is something interesting i wanted to bring up though what do you think if it was live action i think it would be an interesting experiment i think it could be really cool Mm -hmm. if but you would need you need the animation quality of the the characters that aren't going to be live action people like Donald and Goofy and like the the un- undersea creatures when you go there and like some other things you would need the animation quality to be like the like the Disney live action remakes yeah. where you would need that quality for every episode and i just logistically don't think a, a budget <laughs> for a tv show would have that for every kind of like 23 minutes or 42 minutes or whatever it ends up being. I agree, but I think what would be really cool for Disney to do is you know how they are doing all these reboots for their shows mm-hmm. or movies? What if you intera- had those people who are in the reboots in the game? So, like, you know how there's a p- time where they go to Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. and so they'll be walking around in the new live-action Beauty and the Beast place, and Emma Watson is the Belle. And so... I think that'd be, if, if they could pull that off, that'd be ambitious as hell. And that's just been the whole plan this entire time, <laughs> is that all these live-action remakes have actually just been setting the ground for Kingdom Hearts, the movie, or okay. series. It, it would be really cool to see, because it is just like, oh, Emma Watson's a guest star for this episode. I'm going to say this is going to go on the Disney streaming oh, service, yeah, you know? absolutely. It's so much self-promotion for Disney in its own TV show, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, remember this reboot? Oh, Cinderella, and oh, yeah, Lion King's coming out soon. It's like, like the Ralph Breaks the Internet yeah. of, uh, of <laughs> series. Yeah, but, like, that, I think it would be really cool for that to be part of it. 
I don't know if it would work. Just because seeing a live-action version of Donald Duck is, like, a weird thing to think about. Well, like, you saw the, you've seen, like, the trailer for Detective Pikachu. Like, like that kind of weird, like, hybrid. It's supposed to be realistic, but keep that cartoony quality. Yeah. Like, it works. It I, We can get into that later. But it, <laughs> it's a weird thing where you have to, like, be cool with it being this, like, this is what Donald Duck would really look like. Mm-hmm. And that might be a little discomforting to people. Yeah, because I've only seen Donald Duck in 2D animation, 3D here and there, but he looks weird in 3D animation, yeah. too. So I just don't think that would be interesting. But if Disney threw Game of Thrones money at yes. Kingdom Hearts, and I don't think it's a bad idea for them to think about that. But no, I think it would be a really good idea because you would get the Disney hardcores to show up because then they'll be waiting for you know their, like, Waiting for my Tarzan episode. I'm waiting for my Lion King episode. Yeah. And then it's also fun, like, oh, who would they cast for the live-action Tarzan? Like, who would you pick? Oh, Hugh Grant because of this. Or, like, you know, the, the <laughs> casting sites would go nuts. So I really want to see Hugh Grant as Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, James. I'm so terribly sorry for my behavior. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the way to go, but I think it's a really fun idea. Mm-hmm. So I agree also 23-minute episodes. And it, since this, we're going to say hypothetically this is on the Disney streaming website that they could go as long as they needed, but I would say standard is 23 to 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, because also, do you have multiple episodes in multiple places too? Because that, that's a lot throwing at you, saying like, oh, we're in Mulan land now, and this is Mulan. Like, oh, we've met Mulan, and now here's the problem. All right, so I found the whole heart, and now it's cool. Like, I mean, there are, like, in most animation, like, you get the 22 minutes, and they set up things, introduce new characters, have a plot, and then resolve it by the end. Mm-hmm. And I think you could do that pretty well in in a, in a Disney anime 22-minute version of this, especially because you already come in with most people knowing at least a little bit about these characters. Okay. But I think you could do it in single episodes. I think you could try and tackle it into a longer 42-minute or do a two-part 22 for certain episodes, okay. So I do think things like things like the Beauty and the Beast uh, episode and like the Peter Pan one like take up in the games like so much time. Yeah. That I think those could be expanded further if you want to do more than one episode. But also when we get into fixing those things, I, we might <laughs> I might tone those down a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I like the format and media we're going. It's unfortunately not a podcast. It's a TV show, Disney service, Japanese animation. So now, do you want to talk about what we would think the first episode of this TV show would be? Yeah, I think I would want to structure the first episode similar to how the game begins. Okay. But the game begins in this weird, like, dream sequence, kind of, like, teaching you, like, saying, like, what kind of stats you want to have and, like, how it's going to work. And then you go to Destiny Island where Sora, Kairi, and Riku live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should start off just on the island. Okay. Like, itself. Uh, and kind of getting to know them as characters, because the whole point of the game is that Sora's trying to reconnect with his friends and figure out if they're safe and alive. Yeah. And the games do the game does a good job of that, but it'd be super great to like really spend time and like get to know them and like watch the competitiveness between Sora and Riku come out and kind of have you know a few quiet moments with with Kyrie and even give Riku and Kyrie a few moments too, because that's like 
a little bit of a, a triangle there. Yeah, they're always like the main thing that Sora and Riku are like so competitive about is like Kairi's attention. Mm-hmm. And I think we do need to set the groundworks for that. Where I would think most of the first episode takes place on Destiny Island, so we understand like here's their home. This is what they're trying to get back to. Here's why they're friends. Mm-hmm. Something I do want to bring up though is so once the island gets destroyed. Sora is always just so concerned about finding his friends. And in the game, there's a throwaway line where it's revealed that Sora has parents. And it's weird that this kid doesn't care about his parents. And it's like, oh, yeah, my parents are dead. But where's that girl I'm really into or my best friend? And the parents never get brought up. Like, it's literally just Sora's mom at one point being like, hey, Sora, we have dinner ready. That's it. And that's it. And, like, you really don't know anybody else who, like, lives on Destiny Island. It really is just Sora, Riku, and Kyrie. Yeah. And there's, like, other people that they you can interact with and everything, but they're very just, like, you know, side characters. Like NPCs. Yeah, NPCs. So something I would want to change is I want the three of them just to be orphans. Mm-hmm. Because then we sort of see that, okay, these are the only friends, this is the only family they've ever had, and after the island gets destroyed... That's why they're trying to get back together so much. We understand more why they want to leave the island, because they feel trapped. They want to go and explore different places. Like, they don't feel wanted Mm -hmm. together. And then I think also down the road, instead of having like, oh, this guy is Sora's nobody, and this guy is Sora's heartless... You know, maybe it, the twist is that they're brothers or something. <laughs> like, that that's so much easier to digest than, oh, this nobody is sore as heartless. And it's like, wait, but his, the, the heartless had a nobody? And Oh, yeah, and we're just getting into terminology. That yeah, sorry. I know that's going, like, throwing you guys that's... off, but there's a reason why it's throwing you off. Yeah, it's it gets complicated with a lot of things, and I think there, there are certain, there's certain lore that you could explain in this first episode or first two instead of trying to develop these side mythologies within the game. Yeah, and then overall, it's we're always questioning, like, oh, who's Sora's dad? Or, ooh, why did the Keyblade chose that? Does it have to do with his heritage? Mm-hmm. And it's more like, you know, Star Wars-esque, where it's like, maybe Maleficent at one point is like, Sora, I am your mother! <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, no, we're not doing that, but... <laughs> uh. um, but yeah, I want them to be orphans, basically, because it gives more of a reason why they're so close to each other and always worried about each yeah, other. And they're like the only three people that can count on each other. Yes. In that kind of way. And they, you know, they have fun, they goof off, they fight a little bit, yeah. you know how kids do. Well, we get more of a character introduction and feel for them, see why they care about each other. And then... Because instead, at some point in the game, Sora is confronted by like a hooded figure, mm-hmm. kind of telling him that like there's a doorway to another world that he's standing in front of. And he can only get there with, like, a certain key. And I think that, instead of the dream at the beginning, that should be, like, Sora's introduction and the audience's introduction to, like, the grand plot. But, like, not a lot. Okay. Just get... You get the hint that there's more going on and that Sora's supposed to find this key, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know what it is. Uh, and that there's... There are more people out there than just the people on this on Destiny Island. Right. Because also... The three kids don't know that there's other worlds out there. They want to go explore more, but they don't realize that they're like there's a Tarzan Land or Ariel <laughs> Land. So at that point where the hooded figure talks to Sora about the key and stuff, I want to start our B plot of the story, which is like oh the thing that you're cutting back and forth from, and I want to be introduced to Donald Duck and Goofy. 
And this is where they're finding out that King Mickey has left, and he's left him a note. And they're like, hmm, the Keyblade Master. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you do a good Goofy. You do. <laughs> Donald, uh, where'd King Mickey go? <laughs> Sorry. Um, my, my basis for this is just on a YouTube video where Goofy sings Evanescence's uh, Wake Me Up Inside. Uh, can't Wake Up, Save Me. Uh, and so that's 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 where my my goofy comes from. It's a great goofy. <laughs> it's a great goofy. But I agree with you, and yet I want I do want this story to happen. Uh huh. But I kind of want it to happen later. But I do want you to describe what's going to happen. Uh, this is where we sort of get more of the mythology of like the Keyblade. What's the Keyblade? And maybe Princess Minnie is like the Keyblade is blah 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 and blah blah blah. We need to find the one who can control it because the darkness is starting to take over. And maybe we hear that one another island or world has been taken over, and that's like they're starting to see the slow trickle of Heartless and other evil beings taking over. Mm-hmm. And so then Donald's more or Donald and Goofy are like, wow, this is pretty serious. Let's go talk to Chip and Dale and get into our gummy and figure out where to go based on Sora or uh, King Mickey's note. Cause yeah, at this point King Mickey's like left to go try and take care of the heartless himself. Right. But just a weird thing that the King just goes to leave to try and fight things on his own, but that's okay. Yeah. It's a story. Yeah. So then, but then do we cut back to the kids on the Island? Yes. We cut back to the kids on the Island and I would say, we get the final, like, all right, hey, guys, like, we got our boat, and tonight we're going to leave to go to different worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure to wake up at one sharp, and then we're going to leave the orphanage. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. And so they're about to leave, and that's when the Heartless attack Destiny Island. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first time Sora's seen a Heartless or what it is, so he's really confused. He tries to, like, hit it with his wooden stick, and he's like, oh, what is it? Donk, donk. The meetup spot, we'll say, for Riku, Kairi, and Sora. Sora goes there, sees Riku, and this is the point in the game where Riku's like, hey, Sora, like, the darkness, uh, it can show us different places. Like, we can rule worlds or... I don't really remember his motivation it, for doing this. It's basically just like, this is, this is how we can get off the island. This is how we can really see things and how we can have a, a semblance of power and like do things. Mm-hmm. And Sora's like, no. No. Uh, but then like after, like when Sora decides he's going to fight the Heartless, uh, you know he can't do it with his thing. And the Keyblade appears before him. Yes. He takes him out, and then he's got the Keyblade. And like, Riku's kind of looking at it like, oh, what do you have there? Yes. Uh, but then Riku will get swallowed up into the darkness, right? That's what happens. And so yes. now he's gone. I'd say Kairi hears, like, or Sora hears Kairi scream, and, like, he runs off to go save her. And this is where that, Kairi is where the door is, that the hooded figure talked about the key. And so in the game, as the world's getting, like, destroyed, Kairi, the door opens, right? Yeah, the door opens. And so Kairi and Kyrie like falls to Sora and like disappears in Sora's arms. Mm-hmm. And this is a big thing for later on the plot because Sora now has Kyrie's heart, quote unquote. And since Kyrie is a princess, one of the seven princesses in the hearts, it's very confusing, but it's a big plot point in the end game. And so now the world gets attacked, destroyed, and we end up in Traverse Town. Yeah, then Sora gets sucked into the portal. He gets taken to Traverse Town as Destiny Island is just consumed and destroyed by the darkness. Yes. And so Traverse Town is basically like, 
We'll describe it as downtown Disney. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, nighttime downtown Disney. Yes. And so he, Sora, wakes up in, like, a back alley and is just, like, disoriented with everything. In the game, this is where Pluto goes, licks his face, and shows him around Mm -hmm. for a little bit. I'm thinking we need to be around closer to the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. I want to see, as Sora's traveling, like, walking around, I want to see that Goofy and Donald have also landed there. And the episode will end with a heartless Sora being surrounded by heartless. And we're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then, you know, got to wait that five seconds for the Disney streaming services. Cue you up the next next. one. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I I like it overall. There's a thing that I would want to change in this version. Uh And I want to take the exact thing you said about this, the subplot with or the B plot with uh, Goofy and Donald, like figuring out what's happening. Uh And I want to lift that and I want to put that in episode two. Okay. And I want to do that as a fl- as a flashback. So I want okay. the exact same thing you just said to happen, and with that gap where you just put that there, just put more character moments, or at least a little, maybe a little bit more fighting with the heartless. Okay. And then Sora still runs into Donald and Goofy, and they like are like, "Wait, who are you? What are you doing here?" And like, I'm trying to find these people. I'm trying to find these, and then the you know one of the mini heartless bosses shows up and decides to challenge them, and then they get ready to fight together for the first time. And okay. it still ends there, and then. Obviously, we would open the next one uh, with that fight, and they would, like, you know, work it out, and Sora would kind of, like, ask what's happening, and then we get that the flashback to what happened, Okay. and we still see that anyways, because I, I, I really do think most of the, ep- the episodes should, for the first one, be focused exclusively on those three and their relationship in Destiny Island. Okay, that's and then, fair. Cause then, and we get a little bit of the plot that drives them forward and that changes how they see each other and how their relationship differs. Okay. And then the second episode is where we get more plot and kind of how the two worlds combine. And so we're not going to our first actual, like, Disney World to episode three? Yes, I think the next one is Traverse Town and the explanation of what's happening. Because that's when they also run into a few Final Fantasy characters. Right. Uh, who kind of explain the situation of, like... Uh, they don't say who Ansem is, right? They, no. They just, they just say that there's, like, a group of people, and they're, like, trying to take over these worlds by removing the hearts from people. Mm-hmm. And the when the hearts are removed, the people become these things called heartless, and also nobodies at the same time. But we'll <laughs> talk about that in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um... <laughs> And yeah, I really think the the second one should be the meeting up, like the 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 formation of the group, mm-hmm. the kind of explanation of the plot and like what's happening, and towards the end, it's when Sora, Donald, and Goofy decide they're all going to travel together, because at that point they realize that Riku's shown up in Traverse Town, and Sora's like, "You made it, you're alive," and he's like, "You bet I am," and disappears <laughs> into the night. And Sora will actually be concerned for his safety this time. So we're talking about, this is past episode two and past, like, a couple random Disney places we've been to. This is, like, the first time they've seen each other since the whole island's been destroyed. Yeah, I mean, I kind of would like to see Riku still be in in the second episode. And I would want to take that event from the games and move it up. Okay. If you don't think so, I'm cool leaving it back in in a future Traverse Town episode. I'm fine seeing what Riku's up to. I think seeing that he's part working with Maleficent is very interesting and cool, especially for new people. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, like, the, the thing that you were bringing up, is that the first time Riku and Sora yes. have seen each other? That would have okay. been the first time they would have seen each other since the island collapsed, and that's, like, his confirmation that Riku's alive. Okay. And so I think from there, then it would be Sora's journey just to find Kairi. Mm-hmm. As much as, like, him trying to find, like, both of them would be cool, I really think, like, the single, you know, him having the single driving force of finding her 
is the thing. And it would be... It, if Riku disappears, it would still be a thing where it's like, maybe if we go to, like, this land, I can find Riku and he can explain exactly what's happening. Yeah. Because if he's being weird and mysterious, yeah, we won't it, know. And I think the Maleficent reveal that he's working with Maleficent wouldn't happen till around that same time that you described earlier, a few episodes down the line. Okay, so, I mean, I'm fine with Riku having that review, the reveal that Riku is working with Maleficent in episode two or three, mm-hmm. because, I mean... I guess it is sort of cool to see where, like, oh, what happened to Riku and Kairi? And if we do reveal that in episode two or three, it's like, okay, so that sucks. But yeah. I guess if we do more focus on the relationship between Sora, Donald, Goofy in episode two and three, mm-hmm. that's fine. I could, I guess, yeah, I'm talking myself into this. Yeah, I think a, a small taste of Riku, but, like, mostly the three the three of them and, like, Again, the uh, I, f- I was afraid of the Final Fantasy characters, but whatever their names are, well, it's fine. I'll yeah, but they they they're filling in the backstory, and that's kind of like that's the middle section of the episode. And I think the third, the second one should end at the end of Traverse Town when they decide that they're going to work together and they're going to take the ship and go to whatever the first land ends up being. Okay. Also, can we talk about Sora's really weird face that <laughs> he does at the end in the video game? They had just finished fighting this one big bad boss, and they decide they're going to work together. But Goofy's just like, hey, there's uh, no frowning on this. We need to see your best smile. We need to see your happy face. Yeah. And Sora gives this creepy-ass face afterwards in the game. It's like, yeah. it's pretty memeable, to be honest. Sora, you're going to have to get the fuck off my shit. <laughs> So, I guess quickly, what I, uh, what places do we want them to go? Because we can follow the video game format right now, or we could do a our own Disney places we want them to go. Well, let's list where they go in the game, just so that there's like a context for it. So the worlds they go to are you know Disney Island, which is where they're originally from, Alice in Wonderland. Pinocchio, where they're in Mon- Monstro's mouth. Uh, if you count Winnie the Pooh, they go there. <laughs> Hercules' Coliseum, Little Mermaid World, Tarzan Land, Neverland, and they go to Agrabah from Aladdin. And, yeah, that's basically it. They go to other worlds, but not they aren't Disney properties. I think also, depending on how many worlds we have them go to in the in the series, mm-hmm. is depends on how many episodes we want it to be. I guess that's another thing. How many episodes do we want? I think a cool 10 to 13. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, the for me, the, the places that I would like to see them go, for sure, are Aladdin, Hercules, at least from, from the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladdin, Hercules, and probably Tarzan, possibly just being like the first world that they go to. as like the, like the introduction to everything, because Clayton's a very easy villain to yeah. be. Yeah, I would... Definitely want to go to Hercules. We'll probably talk about that on the show one day. Ayo. Hercules. Oh, do we? Oh, we go to. Um, I forgot this. Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh yeah. That would be cool. That's actually a fun. That would be a cool. Not like filler episode, but clearly one that's just meant to be style over like plot. Yeah, I would like to see Tarzan land too yeah. or world. I think that's a fun little thing. I think the the plot that they get into with Pinocchio uh-huh. is good, especially with like Sora's struggle with Riku. What happens in that chapter? So if we if it, we keep it similar to that, I would want to see the Pinocchio world, and those are like the main five that I would be interested in specifically. Okay. What I'd be interested in bringing from other games into possibly his first season is a Mulan world, mm-hmm. and not the Little Mermaid because they kind of <laughs> mess up that stuff in the games. But I'd possibly the Lion King. Okay. Uh, because I, it's it's really cool to see Sora, Goofy, and Donald transform into like whatever the world needs them to be. And I think if if there's just one, it'd be cool to have it to be like Lion King. 
So those uh, are the ones that I'm thinking of. Like, what are your kind of, like, must-haves? I definitely want to see Hercules. That, again, one of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I would think that's cool. I think Agrabah also. And it's just like, oh, man, not having Robin Williams is going to really suck oh, for that. Yeah. Also, if we did the live action thing, I think it would be really fun to, to go to Pirates of the Caribbean and have Johnny Depp be there. <laughs> you know he would do it as he, long as he doesn't show up to set drunk. Like, I mean, he would, but like... You know, it'd be good. It'd be good. He'd, he'd have had a good time with it. Yeah. Uh, those are definitely, like, for the first game, like, seeing those na- uh, lists of things I would definitely want to hit on. Mm-hmm. Is there anything mm-hmm. the games haven't done yet that you'd want to see? Well, I mean, you know, I think what would be a really cool world to go to that they're never going to do, I think a Haunted Mansion episode would be pretty dank. Oh God! Right? But do they? But do they? No, use? Okay, no. So they're they're not. Eddie Murphy's not running around being like, "Hey guys, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, what's going on?" And it would the, just be a generic haunted mansion, not like generic, but you know, like more on the ride and just like here are the ghosts and here's the dead bride. Yes, but like there are some like, oh, we're haunted ghosts and the heartless are here and trying to possess the ghosts or something. Because mm-hmm. imagine all the fun possibilities you could have with. A haunted mansion with Kingdom Hearts, like mm-hmm. that, like writes itself basically. That would be like later on, like after the Nightmare Before Christmas, and like, oh my god, this is gonna be another scary one. <laughs> and then, of course, we would have to have if the uh, Country Bears Jamboree. Oh, Country that, that, Bears! <laughs> uh, but you still get Christopher Walken back from yes, the movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> be the villain. These in that. bears. Country Bear. <laughs> Yeah, but I think Haunted Mansion in general would be a fun episode to go. And also, like, for the games, that'd be a ton of fun also. I think, actually, in a weird concept, I think you could do... Because I know we said we would do just one world per episode. Uh But there could be, like, ones where you don't have a lot going on. So, like, you could do a Winnie the Pooh Haunted Mansion double team where like they, they first a Winnie the Pooh Haunted Mansion crossover episode so the, they would first go to one of them so if they go to Winnie the Pooh first uh-huh. and they're like that was so delightful I can't wait to see what else we go on and then just halfway through the episode they just step into the Haunted Mansion and it's like <laughs> oh no and then or they go to the Haunted Mansion in the first one and they fight their way out and then they're like aggressive like ready for anything they're like alright who's next and they step into the hundred acre wood and he just like holds like his keyblade out to Pooh and just like what do you want from me <laughs> I've just been traumatized by the Haunted Mansion. Oof. Something like that. I mean, again, yeah. like, the, like the smaller episodes. Like, he could go to the Little Mermaid and, like, that kind of thing, too, is one of them. Mm-hmm. That's just my, my idea of, of the ones we haven't seen or the smaller kind of mini journeys. Okay. Since we're on the topic of different, like, worlds to go to and stuff, mm-hmm. I think it would be also pretty cool to have an Incredibles God. episode or, like, world to go to. Yeah, that would be great. I... I do think that if, if our series does get picked up, <laughs> I might want to save Incredibles for a season two or three. Okay. For when they kind of go on the more complicated adventures. Okay. Because I think there's it's just so super powered and so like high level mm-hmm. that I would want to see Sora grow and like be more of a like yeah more of like a, a strong figure. Okay. So that he could like take on these like very hardcore villains. Ooh. Because like again, like I said, Clayton's kind of easy, and like when you really think about it, people like Ursula. And Jafar are kind of easy. Like, Jafar's just, like, a bigger version of the genie. Yeah. You fight him. And, like, the real big, the real big bad, like, 
boss of the Disney villains is when Maleficent turns into a dragon. And I think that's a good place for there. But when you're fighting superheroes, I think that's a thing where you need to save that for later. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, a Lilo and Stitch world would be cool? I think that'd be cool. For the game and the episodes, I think it would be like... Because the format for Lilo and Stitch TV show is like, oh, there's this monster that you have to catch. Mm-hmm. And so maybe people are thinking it's just one of those random monsters that Jumbo has made. So it's like, Jumbo, what number is this? And it's like, I've never seen something <laughs> like this. And Keekly's like, ah. Oh, Experiment know. 666. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually, I think that'd be good. And it just as like a story-wise, I do think maybe putting Lilo and Stitch as the second to last episode, like before fighting Maleficent would be good. Okay. Because it it would look, Hawaii looks like exactly like Destiny Island. Yeah. And I think that'd be a really cool, like, like almost last moment where he's just like, I haven't, I haven't rescued Kyrie yet and yet I'm back where, where it feels like home. I don't, I don't know what to do and then, you know, Stitch has a, heart-to-heart with Sora. Well, I think Lilo should, because, I mean, Lilo also doesn't have, like, a family, like, she doesn't have parents, mm-hmm. and in our version, Sora's an orphan, and yeah. it's like, is looking for a family, and then Lilo's like, Mohalo means family, and, what, oh, shoot, what's the main thing what? they say? Ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind. Yeah. I feel like that really works for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I, kn- I know they had, like, a cut uh, world with Lilo and Stitch at one point, but that really hits the nail on everything, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's a good placement for it. And I, I wasn't thinking about Lilo and Stitch, but now that you said it, I really like it. Yeah, I really like that too. Also, so you guys are aware, we know that there is a level in Birth by Sleep that has Stitch in it and he's in space and stuff, but that's not him in Hawaii with Lilo looking around. So we, we are aware that Birth by Sleep has something with him. All right. I think we're going to get picked up yeah. after this, you know? <laughs> Do you think for our purposes right now of doing it, should we put the world in order or should we just kind of talk about what each episode is and what they kind of mean for the overall story. All right, Tarzan goes here, Little Mermaid goes here, and this goes here, or do you think we should just talk kind of in general about them and what, and what like, the individual thing means for the overall story? Like, you know, when Peter and Wendy are together, it's like, oh, this means that, you know, Sora's looking at that relationship like he needs to find Kyrie and believe in each other and that kind of thing. And it could go, it could technically go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Or do we want to try and put a specific order on it? Uh, let's just talk about yeah, it in general. I, 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 but I do think that setting it up specifically that the first world they go to is Tarzan Land. Uh-huh. Because it is somewhat similar to Destiny Island, but not enough that he'd have, you know, a PTSD attack. <laughs> where it's like a jungle and like kind of like the greenery and also fighting Clayton as like kind of an easy villain would be would be good. And the like the, I feel like the overall theme for that one would be that Tarzan has like communication issues with Jane obviously because they're from two different worlds and that's kind of like Sora still just getting used to getting to know Donald and Goofy Mm -hmm. and so I think that's like the theme of it okay I like that a lot I think that's very good and yeah and then they would you know take down Clayton who's riding a giant invisible heartless (laughs) that would kind of like almost tee up the fact that it's like how would how would this guy have gotten access to all the, to controlling the Heartless? And then by the end of the episode, we see the the villain control room. Okay. And that's kind of like where we figure out, uh, at least audience and people who haven't played the games figure out, oh, all of these characters are working together, like Maleficent and Jafar. Ursula. Oogie Boogie. Okay, okay, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as of now, we haven't intertwined the main plot with the Disney plots. Like, do we want to keep doing that, or where do we go off after the Tarzan stuff? I think with Tarzan, you get you get introduced to that, and you get the villains, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and then you go into Hercules. Okay. And I think that one is more of a self-contained story, 
because uh, with Clayton you had like you know uh, him being able to control one of the things and I think Hades kind of just does his own thing yeah pretty much he's just Hades is really just <laughs> dicking around trying to mess up Hercules for most of it so yeah I think that this one is where because uh, this is is this Hercules where Cloud comes in not yet okay I don't think don't quote me on that if if he doesn't I would want him to come in here because I would want Hercules to be like this idealized version of manhood okay and then cloud just coming in just being like this kind of like broody like whatever man of his giant fucking sword <laughs> for people who don't know cloud is a final fantasy yes. character who's like very angsty with a giant sword and has been screwed over by Hades before or has a deal with Hades to kill Hercules yeah and and so and then I think Sora's kind of looking at the two of them as to like what he should what he should be like working mm, towards as a hero. Okay. And so again, more more of a character story, and we get that the Heartless have are, have started to invade. What's it called? Olympia. Olympus. Yeah. Olympus. Uh, yeah. And I think he come. I think the Heartless have started to invade, but Hades also has his own goons coming after them. Okay. And that's kind of what I think that it should be for the second one is Hercules. It's more more self contained, more character driven for Sora. Mm. Just, just on his own. But what do you think? I like that. Um, I definitely want to involve Hercules as fast as we can because that <laughs> is my my jam right my there. Jam. I got a lot of fun Hercules stories as a kid. And then, and then I think moving from there to Alice in Wonderland because that's also such such a drastic change from the other two. And I think that it, honestly, at the end of the Hercules one, them going back to Trevor's Town. And like talking with the other Final Fantasy characters about like you know I'm I'm glad we've been able to save these worlds and lock them from being invaded by the Heartless. Mm-hmm. But then you know they could be like, but I'm still so concerned that we're not we're not moving forward. We're not like learning more things. And then that's when we go to Alice in Wonderland for the sec for the third one or for the third world here. Uh, when we go to Traverse Town, is that where we're meeting Rico <laughs> for the first time again? Uh, I think yeah, we could, I think we could go back to Riku. Either Riku does show up in the episode that I was saying, or he shows up here. Okay. Because I don't know what else he would do besides just show up, reveal his presence. Up to Sora, correct? To Sora, yes. Okay. In the game, when that happens, it's weird because Sora has been looking around for Riku for so long, and he sees him. He's just like, "Oh, hey, man!" It's like you know, someone you haven't seen since high school. It's like, "Oh, how you doing? Like, what's up?" But Sora's mission has been trying to find this guy. And it's so casual, and then Riku leaves after, like, a minute of talking, and so it's just like, I'm sure he's fine. There should there should be more, like, urgency. Like, when he sees him, it's like, you gotta tell me everything, and mm-hmm. that could even be more of a thing where, like, Riku doesn't tell him what he's been up to. Yeah. And that gets Sora more concerned, and when Riku disappears, Sora's like, okay, I'm worried about him, but I trust him. And then, like, it's almost like he calms himself down instead of just being, like, right off the bat, he'll be fine. Well, because I think what we need to happen, because in the game, like, a few minutes later, Maleficent is talking to Riku, being like, look, Sora has new friends. He doesn't care about you anymore. And she's saying new friends as Donald and Goofy. And it's sort of like, not re- I mean, they're friends, but they're just talking right now. It's not like he's done anything. to He hasn't yeah. picked them over you. And I think there needs to be a fight scene with Riku and Sora, Donald, Goofy against Heartless. And there's a point where Sora helps, like, Donald or Goofy out and doesn't help Riku. And that's like, dude, what the hell? Like, that guy had me, and you picked them over me. But, like, what's Sora's motivation for picking Donald and Goofy over Riku in that situation, I guess? Like, too much is going on, and he looked more helpless compared to you? No, I think that it would be that it does boil down a little bit to the rivalry when they were on the island. Okay. Like, he, they clearly saw each other being able to handle themselves. Mm-hmm. And so 
Sora comes over and he just, you know, is more recently used to Donald and Goofy and, like, saves them. Mm-hmm. And Riku is able to, like, fend himself off and, like, does what he needs to do. Now it should be cool if, like, Donald, like, comes over and, like, lightning blasts whatever villains in front of Riku. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, does that thing where he tries to help him up and Riku stands himself up. Mm. It's like, ah, whatever. Okay. And, like, can handle this and he kind of walks away. And I think that might be cool actually to happen at the, yeah, at the end of the Hercules episode so that Sora's been like, yeah, I am the hero. I'm like this big guy. And you realize that, oh, he didn't actually save his friend. Yeah, okay, good. Fix that mm-hmm. little tidy thing up. It's yeah. the Doctor Script show. We're still going to fix something. So. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, okay, so now we're going to Wonderland. We're going to Wonderland and this is more of where, this is where the plot, the overall plot and the Alice in Wonderland plot, I think, uh, intertwines better. Okay. This is where the queen, because in the game it's just the, it's similar to the actual Alice in Wonderland plot, right? Yeah. Where, but instead of, you know, necessarily Alice being the one that's like, who dares invade my village, you three? <laughs> and whatever. But I think the queen, like at this point, now is commanding like a heartless army. Okay. Like they've come to her world <laughs> and she's like able to like work with them to control things. She's the queen of the heartless. heartless. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think she she does that, and then they at that point, you know, when they fight them off, Donald and Goofy are like, I I've always thought the Heartless just kind of worked on their own. I guess now we're learning that the pe- the evil people in these worlds are might be working together to like figure out how to how to operate the Heartless. Okay. And yeah, it would be it'd be a pretty straightforward adventure, but at that point, you'd see Alice in the thing mm-hmm. in like the world, but then at the end, it'd be like that thing where it's like, wait, where did where would Alice go? Cut well, to the villains, and they've kidnapped Alice. Well, do they fail, I guess? Like, the Queen of Hearts takes Alice and gives her to Maleficent, but they defeat the Queen of Hearts, but they already lost Alice, so it's sort of like... Also in the game, Alice is one of the seven princesses that they need mm-hmm. to open Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and that's kind of like... I think that would be where we learn that that's what the villains are doing. Well, it, it'd be... Because you know how they have... At least the, the cloaked characters have, like, portals that they can open uh-huh. to go somewhere? I think that would be the thing where Sora has to either close the close the door like that allows the heartless to enter. But on the other side of the room is one of those one of the heartless or one of those characters holding Alice. Okay. And so he's got to make his decision whether they're going to kidnap her. Or he's going to lock the heartless out of there. Mm. And he makes the choice to lock the heartless out. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right. So after that, where do we want to go? Like, uh, what are we doing? I think we you know we've done such you know a big plot heavy kind of thing right there. Going to Atlantica in the Little Mermaid world is a good next step because Ariel's big thing is trying to be where the people are and exploring. <laughs> and that's what Sora like used to want to do. So it'd be a really cool like way of seeing the two of them meet up mm-hmm. and Sora re re understands like his his feeling of adventure mm-hmm. when he runs into Ariel. Okay, I like that. And I think it's cool that we still have Ursula running around, too, because mm-hmm. she's pretty cool, that yeah. villain. <laughs> and I think it would be cool to have Ursula kind of, like, be the next villain after the Queen, because now we've seen that some of these villains control the Heartless, and this will, like, confirm, yes, they are, in fact, controlling the Heartless in, yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, it would, I think it'd both be a fun one, trying to, like, you know, see Sora interact with this other adventurer. Uh, Donald and Goofy could have some cute gags throughout the episode. <laughs> and I think it would kind of like, yeah, it would coalesce kind of in the end where they get back to Traverse Town and Riku's actually standing outside the window of the place that they're staying and he's like, wants to say hi, but he just hears just how much fun and how awesome Sora's doing with Goofy and Donald and like, Sora's not even talking about Riku. And then from the corner, we see Maleficent walk up next to Riku 
and she's like, see, he doesn't care about you. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what needs to happen. So I like that. And, and then the episode ends with Maleficent saying, all right, Riku, now you need to go to the belly of the beast. <laughs> okay, so we just finished Ariel. Where are we going next? Uh, we're sticking a little aquatic, and they could even reference that in the episode be like, oh, another, another ocean thing. But they uh, go to the next portal, and lo and behold, they're inside the whale that swallows Pinocchio and Geppetto. Oh, snap. We're doing a Pinocchio episode. And that one, <laughs> that's not been said very much. Uh, and they get there and they kind of see Pinocchio, like, is this happy-go-lucky kind of guy even, you know, being swallowed by the monster. He's mm-hmm. been through so much with Geppetto. And there's, like, this real sense of optimism about him, and they really are happy about that. And then Riku shows up. Ooh, and Riku is just not happy because now he's already seen that he's Sora has better new friends. Mm-hmm. And I think so, uh, Riku sort of calls Sora out for not caring about where Kairi is. Yeah. And, and that's which, fair. Which like, is fair because that's like his, been his goal for like the beginning of it. And then he's kind of gotten distracted in this, you know, hero arc that he's mm-hmm. been going on. Right. Um, and yeah, and I think the, like the eternal optimist that like Pinocchio tries to be, at least in this situation... And just the downerness of, like, Riku, like, being like, man, everything's awful, like, Sora hates me. And uh, that's when Riku grabs Pinocchio and, like, tries to run away with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a thing that I don't think was in the game that I think could be interesting is having a little heart-to-heart moment with Pinocchio and Riku. Okay. Uh, kind of, like, figuring things out where... This is kind of towards the end of Pinocchio's movie, where he's, like, realized his life journey is all about, you know... You can still you can still be a real boy, even if you you are wooden and and all and all that fun jazz. I think having that would be cool. Just before uh, Pinocchio kind of gets captured by one of the big heartless monsters, and even though Riku and Sora are on opposite sides, they work together to try and free Pinocchio because they both need him for opposite reasons. Right. Um, and that would be one of the moments where Sora realizes, oh yeah, I really have been neglecting Riku, and Riku's like, wow, I remember, you know, that we actually work well together. So what separates them again, I guess? Uh, what separates them again is just Riku refusing to give in and kind of, like, acknowledge and, like, let his, you know, emotion and his heart kind of guide him. Okay, he's so... Just, he's following his original goal of being like, no, Maleficent said I can understand things and I can explore if I do these things for her. Okay, so they, like, come together at the end of the episode and uh, Riku's like, come on, we can both do this. Like, we can rule everything. Like, we can control this and save Kairi. And then Sora's like, well... Yes, we can save Kairi, but your methods are just too extreme, and like yeah. I'm not going to follow the darkness. And then they don't have a fight, but they just sort of agree that they're not going to be able to be working together and that they're drifting apart and yeah. can't be friends anymore. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to hurt you now, but if you you know try and fight me again, I won't I won't hesitate, you know, yeah. coming okay. at you. Oof, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so Sora's gonna be pretty bummed out about that. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be a bit of a a bit a, a bit of a downer ending. <laughs> uh, so you know what what do we do with downer endings? What do we do? We build them back up again yeah. with a fun trip to uh, Halloween Town. <laughs> We're going to the Nightmare Before Christmas next in yes. the next episode. Yes, and you know Sora's still real 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 hard on himself about what happened with Riku as they go to this next world, but. If anyone's familiar with the Nightmare Before Christmas lore, there's a nice romance between a Sally and Jack Skellington. There, there is. And Jack's this, you know, overall dark, evil kind of guy. And it's Sally, not evil. Well, not evil. Like, he's he, just, like, really into Hot Topic again. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of Hot Topic going on. Yeah, so many Hot Topics we're talking about. Ayo. 
but yeah, the whole thing is like Sally's like, I feel like I can change him, really get him to be more of a, a, a loving figure, not be so broody. And I think that's the that's the lesson Sora has to learn from this episode. But of course, Oogie Boogie is going to be there and just be this like monstrous presence. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost like Sora's change of heart that he's not going to fight like with aggression because I feel like that's kind of what he's going to try and go for Okay. at the beginning is just be like, oh, Oogie Boogie, I'm going to just like stab you with my key. <laughs> and that's clearly not what he should be doing. It should be like working together with Donald and Goofy to, to be like a team because mm-hmm. I feel like that's also part of Sora's problem at this point too. He'll be kind of pushing Donald and Goofy away because he's like, I already pushed Riku away and I'm just like not you know as much of a hero. So there's a few things operating at the same time in this one. Yeah. Okay. And so at the end, Sally shows Sora that, like, hey, Jack had these ideas. And he started going down this path and then realized it was the wrong one. And he's a better person for it now, so don't give up on your friend. And mm-hmm. Sora's like, okay, there's there's hope for Riku now. Yeah. But, yeah, and that's that's kind of like the, the theme and the overarching thing. But then you get into just the nitty-gritty of the specifics of, like, going to Halloween Town. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, like, no. And you get to do a lot of, like, you know, dark but lighthearted material. Yeah, no, and I can only imagine what the animation would look like for that. It'd be cool. Okay, so we just finished Nightmare Before Christmas. Where, where are we going next? What's going on All through right, so, Sora's head? So our next set of three, I think Sora's kind of, like, at this point where he's, you know, realized a guy like Jack who's bad can actually do good things and where he's feeling good about his, his state with Riku. So we're going to take a little trip <laughs> to the land of Aladdin. Ooh, the land okay. Of wishes and dreaming. <laughs> and uh, this, this won't necessarily be a whole overall plot uh, heavy one. It'll be a real fun adventure, and kind of like I think the, the discussion that Sora and Aladdin could have is about like what it means to have wishes and to just kind of get what you want. Mm. Be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could just wish for my friends back? It's like, but then you don't, you know, become a better person or the world doesn't become better. It just kind of happens to you. And like similarly, when uh, Aladdin wishes for Genie to be free at the end, spoilers for Aladdin, <laughs> uh, you know, Sora learns about self-sacrifice and whatnot. Okay. And this sort of, because in later down the, in the end, in the final finale, mm-hmm. you know, Sora has to kill himself to get Kyrie's heart out? Yes. So is that sort of like planting the seed for all that? I think so. I think because the, the conversation, like, similar to the movie at the end is, like, the genie's like, hey, Aladdin, use that last wish. Make yourself a prince. Go marry the princess. And then, obviously, he wishes for genie to be free. And I think that's kind of like Sora looks at that and is like, oh, wow, you, you gave up your only chance to, to do the only thing that you wanted. Mm-hmm. It's like, because that's the right thing. That was the way to, to, not to save the world, but to save my friend. Okay. Does yeah. Donald or Goofy give Aladdin crap being like, why didn't you just wish for a hundred more wishes? <laughs> I think Goofy could say that really funnily. Just be like, gosh, I oh, can't do it right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a little backed up. I'll try and I'll probably try and pull Goofy out a little bit later. All right, well, but, I'll hold you to that. But I do think that that would be a funny line for Goofy to have. <laughs> okay. A little quick non, non-overall story with Aladdin. And where are we going after that? And then after that, we're going to go to Neverland. Okay. And the interesting thing about Neverland and the games is that, like, there's a lot of heartless and, like, plot that happens, like, on Captain Hook's ship, which is cool, but I never saw Captain Hook as one of those, like, overarching big bad villains. Because, <laughs> like, while we're there, like, Riku shows up and Maleficent shows up, and, like, he, like, Captain Hook controls, like, a bunch of the Heartless. It's, like, he's, it's a powerful, like, setting. Well, he's, like, such a dunce at times. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, oh, we have the Heartless, and then it's like, uh-oh, TikTok, the triggered. <laughs> <dial>. <laughs> Hashtag triggered. Oh, God. Uh, 
I but like I said at the beginning, there is a there's a lot of plot in Neverland, which I think is fine. I do think we should keep a certain amount of it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe just reel back how much control Captain Hook has <laughs> over the Heartless, or at least you kind of could see in the background Maleficent conjuring like these beasts to help him out. Okay, so you just want Captain Hook to be less powerful, and that was your biggest gripe against it? or I mean, It's part of it. I don't know what specifically to, to fix about it, because it is a lot of, like, like in the game you focus on the Peter Pan plot, where it's like, I've captured Tinkerbell and Wendy, <laughs> and then Peter Pan's like, I'll save everybody, and then I'm pretty sure, like, Riku shows up, and it's just like, all right, I'm going to fight you two in, like, a sword fight, and he's like, Hook, what are we doing? And I'm like, and Hook's like, good job, Riku. Like, oh, is are Riku and Captain Hook in cahoots? <laughs> it just it felt like a lot was happening at once. Okay. So I feel like cut, like cutting down on either how much uh, power Captain Hook himself has, mm-hmm. like over the Heartless and make him kind of the bad and like make the story more about the Peter Pan adventure. Okay. Or make Riku kind of like the the guy in charge in on, on Hook's ship. Do you cause let's say if Maleficent is there, is there is the story between Captain Hook is that those two are butting heads, like Hook wants to be the main guy in charge, but Maleficent is, and so he's the one not controlling the Heartless, it's Maleficent, and so at one point he's like, you know, I can handle this, like, get out of here, I will control the Heartless, or whatever, and then Maleficent's like, fine, I'm gonna dip, <laughs> she dips, and then we have the Captain Hook being a moron. Mm, I think that could actually work really well to show Sora that, like, there is a level to too much darkness because mm-hmm. if Captain Hook gets overwhelmed by like how many heartless he's trying to control and then he you know loses balance and falls into the crocodile <laughs> mouth or whatever, then that's like again everything's got to be like a lesson for him. So I feel like that's like him being like this is what Riku could end up becoming. Okay. Or like even if Sora like is kind of considering like the dark side because like Riku made it pretty compelling. Like he's 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 getting a lot of power out of this. Right. You know, as my friend Kanye would say, uh, no one man should have all that power. <laughs> well, let's talk more about how much plot there is with that uh, world, because we actually get, we see Kyrie for the first time and she's like in a coma or yes. whatever. So the big things that happen in that world are we meet Kyrie, Riku's there, Sora fights uh, the shadow version of himself. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, right? Like yeah. of overall plot wise. So what do we? Is there something we want to do with Kyrie? I I think I mean I think I think we could have Kyrie still still be part of it. I'm just wondering like because she's comatose in this. Like, is there a thing where Riku's like, no, we need to do this huge uh, dark power thing, and then it doesn't work? I feel like it could be more of a reveal at the end because there is there's so much going on that I'd rather it be like sort of story of like figuring stuff out. Uh huh. But I think maybe you just reveal at the end. That Kyrie's actually been on the ship the whole time. Okay. But, like Sora doesn't see her. Riku get knows that she's there, and he like takes her back to Maleficent. Cool. All right. Uh, let's send it. Send it. That's send it. I mean, do you want the shadow <laughs> version of, of Sora to fight himself in this one? No, I feel like if we're doing these twenty three minute episodes, we got the Captain Hook subplot. Like, yeah. there's a lot going on. Like, if we could fit it, sure. But I mean, no, eh, it's not needed. I think we can save that for. Uh, possibly the next episode if we do want to have it. Okay. Because I think that could be cool because guess what's the last world we haven't explored yet (laughs) in Kingdom Hearts? What is it? The Hundred Acre Woods. Oh, damn. Everyone's favorite part of these games. <laughs> the whole episode probably wouldn't focus on the Hundred Acre Woods because it's such like a mini game plot. Mm-hmm. Right. That, like, I think, you know, Sora kind of feeling like a half victory, half defeat at the hands of letting Riku get away, but also still beating Captain Hook. And, you know, seeing the relationship that Wendy and Peter have, 
that he knows he's not going to have with Kyrie if he can't find her. Mm-hmm. It's like in a mixed place. So we kind of start off in Traverse Town where Goofy and Donald are trying to, you know, cheer him up or whatever. Sort of like declares to them and the Final Fantasy characters like, all right, let's go. Let's let's find our like last place we need to go to. Let's go try and find Kyrie. And someone just reminds them. It's like, actually, there's one more world you need to uh, <laughs> you need to heal or you need to lock up before we go. Uh, you know, we tr- we try and find this last castle. He's like, fine, I'll take on whatever challenge must be taken on. And that's when they're like, here, it's a book. Uh, go in. <laughs> Hop in this book, but uh, I think we were talking about earlier, uh, off mic, about uh, possibly leaving Goofy and Donald behind. Right. Because at this point, all of the worlds have been closed up, but there's still a bunch of Heartless. That Maleficent's almost like sicking the Heartless onto Traverse Town to try and attack Asora and crew at, the, at their source or at their base camp. Right, so they're just, Traverse Town is like overrun by Heartless everywhere that can't be done, and they need Sora to go to the Hunter Edgar Woods, find the key heart there, and lock up that so it's like the last you know place that people heartless are jumping out of yeah, or like have that back door into Travis Town. Yeah, they know they want to like close that off so that and but like leave Goofy and Donald behind and the Final Fantasy characters so that they can <laughs> kind of like protect the town and also at the same time figure out where they need to go right. in order to get Kyrie back. So what we're saying is there's at one point where they need to fix up the gummy ship. And go. That's how they get to Hall of Bastion, the final place. And so they're trying to find this last part of the gummy ship that's like in this. We'll just say this townhouse or whatever that's completely overrun by Heartless. And so that's where Donald, Goofy, Final Fantasy characters all go get the gummy and then come back. As Sora is dealing with, you know, <laughs> it'll be a parallel plot kind of thing where they're the, the side characters are dealing with kind of like the danger while Sora's still doing an important job, but he's. Learn, learn his life lesson where he yeah. shows up and Winnie the Pooh's just like, where's my honey? <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> and just along the way, they're like, it'll be pretty short. It'll be just a few cute adventures with him and Pooh kind of trying to tell him that like, hey, it's okay. It's okay if you're in a hurry, but like, just take a minute to slow down and think about like, you know, what we're doing this for. And like, Pooh's helping his friends out in the woods and trying to get the heartless away from them, and also just help them out with house chores and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a nice, <laughs> a nice, you know, final lesson for Sora for the for the season. That's like, just take a minute to think about what's really important. Okay, so how do, does he find the keyhole by doing chores or finding honey or like is poo <laughs> like what's his main obstacle to find this keyhole th- besides doing chores? I think it's because he can't find it. Uh-huh. So he doesn't know where it is, and, uh, like, he's, you know, just, like, looking around. He can't find it anywhere, and he's going around being like, maybe if I, like, you know, maybe if I do stuff for these people, maybe it'll work out. And then Pooh's just like, no, just, like, take a minute, help me with these things, I'll get some honey with me. And then at some point, are you familiar with, like, any of the, like, the Winnie the Pooh stories? Yeah, yeah. You know the one where Pooh gets stuck in the hole, uh-huh. like his household? Right. Uh, Pooh doesn't have to get stuck this time, but what if it's someone like Eeyore? And, like, that's the last thing that he does. Like, like Sora's actually helped out with everybody in town uh-huh. and is, like, really, like, you know, learned his lesson. They, Pooh and him have had a heart-to-heart while at sundown, and Eeyore's just kind of stuck in the thing, and he's like, all right, Eeyore, I'll help you out. Pulls him out, 
There's the keyhole. <laughs> I was going to say that Eeyore is always looking for his tail, like, where's my tail? Where's my tail? And then Sora finally finds it. He's like, hey, I found it. And then that's the keyhole. <laughs> or he puts it on Eeyore, Eeyore and it reveals the keyhole. The keyhole. <laughs> you know, I think that's also a good idea. I think whatever it is, it just, it's, you know, it's the, last, it's the last thing that he does before he leaves. Right. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, and I think that's good. But then Sora gets, you know, locks up the keyhole and gets through the portal and comes back. And Traverse Town is a mess. Mm-hmm. It's completely like overrun, and they still haven't like gotten the part yet. And I, this is where I think you could put Shadow Sora in. Okay. Where Shadow Sora is actually guarding like the last part or like the map or whatever it is to get to Hollow Bastion, and then that's when Sora's like doing you know, things like thinking about what's important to him. It's like <laughs> I need to fight myself in order to in order to get through this. You know, just an extra obstacle, just a, a fun action scene that I think people would like. How much time do you think we spend in Hunter Acre Woods? Only like half of it. Okay, so 10 to 12 minutes? 10 to 12 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes out in Traverse Town. And then we have the big final battle of Shadow Heartless versus Shadow Sora versus regular Sora. Mm-hmm. And so are we having, like, Donald and Goofy just be, like, completely sweaty and, like, battle-torn and then cut to Pooh and Sora hanging out and talking about <laughs> <laughs> honey? <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think we show Donald and Goofy struggling once, mm-hmm. and then we just cut away from them. Like, we, it looks like they're handling themselves fine. Okay. And we just spend time in the Hundred Acre Wood for the rest, for, like, that middle portion. And then when we come back to Traverse Town... That's when he comes back and is like, "Oh my god, this is so much harder than we thought. <laughs> this is this is difficult." And then they then that's when he joins the fight. Cool, I like it. Yeah, he beats himself. Uh, <laughs> metaphors. And He's over. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that works. And then they get the directions to go to Hollow Bastion. Well, do they at this point? Do they? Do we want them to learn more about Ansem right now? Probably. Well, maybe they could learn more about Ansem when they go to Hollow Bastion and they fight Maleficent. Okay. So it more does come out of left field where I th- I think I think that's probably the best thing since we haven't really done a whole lot of discussion on Ansem unless we kind of want to do a little retroactive stuff and put little pieces of information throughout the series. Yeah, I think we need him as just like the dark who's the dark cloak figure and mm-hmm. it's not organization 13 at this point it's just like, you know, this yeah. like, hmm, who is this guy? This He's guy. so mysterious. Cuz I think when Maleficent has conversations with Riku and then like moves on, I think she could then be like you know, of course, Master, I'll do whatever whatever you say. And then, you know, she's secretly building her Heartless Army. Right. Well, those two aren't really in cahoots mm-hmm. during the game. They probably, like, know of each other and, like, you know, they're like cartels, different cartels <laughs> going on. They're not going to yes. rat on each other, but, exactly. you know, they, they would prefer one person not be in the business. So now we're going to Hollow Bastion. Yeah, I think we go to Hollow Bastion, and that's where we see that things are kind of, like, in disarray, but we see this big castle... Well, also, sorry, one other thing going back to why we should bring Antum in now mm-hmm. is because in the game, we go to Hall of Bastion, Sora, like, kills himself, comes back, then they go back to Traverse Town to go back to Hall of Bastion. So if we learn about Antum right now, mm-hmm. then we can just stay in Hall of Bastion and have True. that whole battle. That's actually smart. Okay. So I, think, I think we could learn about Ansem in, uh, maybe when he's fighting Shadow Sora. Okay. Do you think that Shadow Sora can talk and, like, give out any information? I feel like it should be, like, Ansem is Shadow Sora, but, like, you know, as the puppet master. Yeah. Like, he's the guy who's, like, doing it all. It's not actually, like, him being like, ha you beat me this time. No, I think that's good, yeah. I think Ansem being Shadow Sora. Okay. Cool. All right. Now we are officially going to Hall of Bastion. Yes. This is where we have the Beast. Are we keeping him in this? Yeah, I want to keep okay. the, the Beauty and the Beast stuff, because I think we do need to have, like, a powerful ally mm-hmm. finish things off. And we need to know who all the princesses are, and I think having a connection to one of them 
okay. is, a, is a good factor. Because when they get to Hollow Bastion, they're climbing up the stairs and they see a distraught beast. Maleficent's kidnapped Belle. Mm-hmm. And just when they get there, uh, Riku shows up and reveals that he is the true Keyblade. wielder of the Keyblade. Yes. And so he literally just hand steals the Keyblade. He just, like, flashes his hand, it goes into his arm, and now Donald and Goofy are like, oh, shit. We're yeah. supposed to follow the Keyblade Blaster. I don't... Who do we trust? And and a dick move. They just... It's a dick move, but, like, an understandable dick move. Yeah, like, it's... Because the whole point of that, them getting the Keyblade, was the Keyblade was supposed to be the one that King Mickey told them to follow. Like, the, whoever is the wielder of that is the person who's worthy and will help them defeat the darkness. Right. So, Donald and Goofy are like, sorry, Sora, we, we have to we have to do what we're told, but we'll... We, you know, we can help you however we can later and Riku, Donald and Goofy kind of walk off and you just leave a distraught Sora and a distraught beast sitting there and I think they just kind of like commiserate over their both of their losses Mm -hmm. and Sora does that thing in the game where he picks up his like wooden sword (laughs) it's like alright beast you gonna help me like uh, break into this castle yeah, with the Donald Goofy stuff, I feel like it should be more like an unbreakable vow that they have. Like, they need something where it's not just like, oh, damn, this is happening. Because in the game, again, it's very just like, oh, it's happened like this. Sorry, man, we're going to leave. And it's very, like, half-hearted. Like, you can tell that they don't want to do it, but they're definitely like, ah, but the king said so. And it's like, well, I mean, we just seen this guy, Riku, <laughs> play with darkness the whole time. Yeah. And you're going to jump onto that? So I, I do want it to be somehow an unbreakable vow like in Harry Potter where if mm-hmm. you don't stay with it, like, something bad happens. I think that could work. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I do like the idea that it's kind of their choice to leave, but I, I do think it makes more sense. That's their choice? That, that it, and no, I think it makes more sense if it's an unbreakable vow. Okay. But I, like the, I do like the kind of the dark, sad character move if it is their choice. So I'm good either way. Okay, so then we'll just have Beast and Sora run around, mm-hmm. destroy crap. Yeah, they're they're working together, kind of just you know, and that's you know Sora unleashing his inner beast or whatever, <laughs> uh, being they, like gotta 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 fight his way through. I forget how we get to like the main chamber. They have a little like in the game. They have a little puzzles they go through. Beast like kills Heartless when you're trying to kill people with your wooden sword, and we meet back with Riku with the Keyblade and Donald and Goofy, and now Riku is like about to kill Sora with, like, the fire magic, mm-hmm. and so he's like, I don't know, Flaria, and Goofy jumps in the middle and protects them, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Donald decides to join forces, too. And so, where I'm saying with the Unbreakable Vow, at this point, it's like, it makes it that much more intense that they decided, that we're breaking this, okay. we're destroying it, and we'll take on the consequences. And then that's when we find out, like, no, Sora really was the Keyblade Master. And then it's like, oh, they don't get punished now because they were following the right person at the mm-hmm. right time. Thoughts? I think that's good. I think, and especially because if, if Goofy does end up blocking and, like, saving Sora when he thinks he's going to end up dying, mm-hmm. like, that's, a, that's actually a pretty good moment. That's a good, that's a good uh, hold off and then pay off later. Yeah. Cause I, ma- do, I do like that because that, yeah, then if they protect him, like, we know we're not supposed to, but we... We can't let you kill Sora like that. Yeah. Maybe they're like, okay, like, he's a little radical on the dark side and stuff, but, like, we can fix him. And he's like, we're going to kill you. And they're like, well, that's not someone who wields a keyblade would do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but they they team up. They beat, beat Riku. Yes. And uh, I think that's when, like, Maleficent kind of, like, drops the ball that all the princesses are there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Kyrie is shown to be the final princess. Right. And they're dry, they pull the energy from the princesses to open the door to Kingdom Hearts or whatever. 
Uh, or no, that's not what happens yet. That's they. So then it will end the game. We beat Riku. We end up going back. We face Maleficent. Regular. She has like this whole stone thing, where she rises on a stone. You're supposed to fight her. Beat that one. Go back. And then we play Dragon Maleficent. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we play like Riku consumed by darkness. So, do we want Sora to fight Maleficent on her his own and destroy that? We have Dark Riku try and kill Sora, and that's where Donald and Goofy get interfere. Because it's also sort of weird that Riku tries to kill Sora, and then they're still friends after. I think it would make more sense to have Sora fight Riku first, mm-hmm. and then have him be defeated, and that's when Donald and Goofy like, are like, ah, we're going to protect you, and the three of them team up and beat him. And then when Maleficent sees that Riku's a failure... Then she does that classic thing where she's like throwing him out, being like, "You're worthless. You're nothing to me." Okay. And then I think that instead of doing like the weird like we're still friends kind of thing, they're not like completely friends. But then Riku realizes that like, oh, he's he's been played this whole time. Okay. And so then he embraces the darkness to try and take over everything, yeah, and that's I, when Ansem takes over his body too. Yeah, I think I think Riku. I think well, I think Riku helps them beat. Because I don't think there should be two Maleficent. I think Maleficent should just become dragon form okay. right away. And oh, I think yeah. Riku teams up with them to help beat Maleficent. Okay. But then that means we're close to the end of part one of this part two-part adventure. All right. Where Riku, you know, beats her and then realizes that he can he can take this power for himself. Oh, so Riku defeats Maleficent? I, Not- think, I think all of them together beat Maleficent. Oh, okay. okay. I, think, I think Riku teams up with the group. Because he's just been, you know, cast out by Maleficent. What if Sora, Donald, Goofy weaken Maleficent? She runs back to Riku being like, all right, no, we need to team up. And then that's where Riku gives the final blow of being like, nope. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> <Ironic>. cool. <laughs> cool. I like that, too. All right, so we're at the final episode of this two-parter. <laughs> Maleficent is, you know, quote-unquote dead. Riku's running around being possessed by the darkness. Where are we going on now? Okay, so I think what we got going on now is that Riku has now been controlled by the darkness, begins to fight Sora, mm-hmm. and they're, like, going at each other. And at some point, they realize that the, the gates aren't opening and nothing's happening, and they're wondering what happens, and then Riku just f- finally just says it. It's like, don't you understand, Sora? Kairi's heart has always been with you. At the moment that you left, she, her, you know, her heart was yours, and the only way to get her heart back in her body is to, is to finish you. As we talked about in the beginning, that point where Kyrie and Sora like hugged before the island got destroyed, that's what they're referring to. Sora has Kyrie's heart. And the only way the only way to open Kingdom Hearts is to kill Sora, but Sora thinks the only way to save Kyrie is to kill himself. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of gets something out of this and then Sora will like drop his keyblade, look kind of at Donald and Goofy and they'll be like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "We know I know what I have to do. This will this will work out for everyone just just be okay. You have to trust me. And they're like, okay, we trust you. I don't think they should say that. It should be more of a, what are you doing? Here's my quick pitch on what I think should happen. Riku is going to like shoot fire again at Sora, killing him. And it's going to be like in Harry Potter, where Harry Potter lets Voldemort kill him to like, you know, also kill Voldemort. But, you know, in, in this way, we're saving uh, love interests. And so Donald and Goofy are like, whoa, what are you doing? And they, he dies, mm-hmm. quote, unquote. But then when he does that, Kyrie's heart opens up. Mm-hmm. The, the gates open to uh, Kingdom Hearts. But then we are transported to a tiny little heartless <laughs> who's hanging out in Hollow Bastion. Yes, he just, like, forms, and it's a heartless. But we're like, hmm, he's a little different or something. Why are we following this heartless right now? Yeah, and he just sort of scampers off. 
And so then we cut back to the room with Riku, Goofy, Donald, and Kairi. And we see that the darkness has just completely overtaken Riku now that the doors are open and he turns into, like, he's starting to turn into Ansem. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll just have, like, flashes going through of darkness. And Donald, Goofy, and Kira are like, oh, the place is shaking. We need to go. And so they run out. They're going outside. They get surrounded by Heartless, whatever. Donald, Goofy are fighting them off. And Kairi just sees this one uh, Heartless. And she's like, this one's different. Yeah, this like, one tiny Heartless is just in the crowd. But then he comes up. And he sees Kyrie, and he just stands like in front of her, and is like, "I'm like, can't say this out loud, but his his expression is, I'm gonna protect you." Yeah. <laughs> and then she realizes, wait a minute, this heartless is Sora. This one's Sora. Oh snap! She in the game, she hugs Sora, and he comes back to normal person through the power of love, through the power of love and friendship. And so now Sora's Sora again. Woo-hoo. And he's able to fight the rest of them, fight off the heartless that are surrounding them. They run back into Hollow Bastion, where they see that the gates are open, and they see the beast, and they're just like, all right, beast, stay behind, keep the keep the gates guarded, make sure that no one else can come through. Right, and so he's also, like, protecting the princesses, mm-hmm. who have now just, like, woken up and are like, what's going on? And he's just like, bell. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so beast and princesses are on guard duty. Yes, yeah, so they're checking everything that's happening. Sora, Donald, Goofy go back into the main room where Riku was, but now we see that he is, like, turning into Ansem still, mm-hmm. and that he jumps into Kingdom Hearts. Sora, Donald, Goofy follow him, and they end up at Destiny Island, like where we all started. You know, Whoa. it's like it's like poetry, you know. It's like poetry. <laughs> uh, we end up, yeah, we end up back at Destiny Island, and this is where Ansem himself shows his face. Yes, he's got long silver hair, super jacked, and you know, probably looks like me. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, your long silver hair. <laughs> yeah. It's a pain to deal with in the morning, but it's so <laughs> worth it. I'm cosplay as Ansem all the time. And then we have our big final battle. Yes. With Ansem, and this will be like a, you know half the episode. It'll be a big chunk of it, and it'll be epic fight of good and evil. So in the end, Sora defeats Ansem, but Ansem still has like more like, all right, I just need to open up this door to the light of Kingdom Hearts. I know it will be full of darkness. And so Ansem's going to open up the door, and it's going to be light. And what light is what defeats Ansem? Whoa. Whoa. Still on the other side of the doors, a whole a whole bunch of darkness. Yes. Ready to come out and just kind of take over all worlds. Sora, Donald, Goofy need to shut the door. Riku's back to his normal state. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to shut the door is to have another person on the other side shut it too. Mm-hmm. And so Riku is going to sacrifice himself to shut the door. Mm-hmm. And we find out King Mickey's there too. Yeah. What? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yeah, King Mickey's been there fighting off the darkness from from within Kingdom Hearts, and he kind of is like, we we need some help to to finish things off. Riku decides that this is where he belongs to save the world. And then Riku's just like, Hey, Sora, keep care of her, inverting to Kyrie. Kyrie yeah. And so the door's shut. They never think they're going to meet again. And so everything around him's like, you know, darkness, it's crazy. And Sora sees, from a distance, Kyrie, and she's stuck on the Destiny Island world. Well, where Destiny well, Island is now reforming again to like right. become like all the worlds that were being destroyed by the darkness are fully reforming. Right. Everything's going back to normal, and Kyrie's back on Destiny Island. Sora sees her, and he's trying to go get her before things happen, but it feels like he's being sucked somewhere else outside of Destiny Island. So one thing we forgot to set, once the doors shut and the Kingdom Hearts is all balanced, mm-hmm. all the worlds go back to normal. So that's why 
Kairi is going to Destiny's Island, yes. and Sora is not for some strange reason. So they have a tearful goodbye. Boom. They're in separate parts. It sucks. But now, it's like a couple days later, we had our climactic tear fest now. Yes. And now we're easing into something new. Where are we looking at, Sam? What we're looking at now is Donald, Goofy, and Sora just kind of on a, on a, on a brick road, just walking down a very straight path. Mm-hmm. They don't really know where they're going, but in walks Pluto with a note. Oh, no. <laughs> and it tells them to keep moving forward. And sure enough, they're running. They're have, They're like, all right, we got to follow this adventure. we got to figure out how to get back to the people that we love. Yep. And figure out how we can fully seal the darkness for good and make sure everything that we did is permanent. And they run off forward towards Castle Oblivion. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, we, we may not yeah. see the castle yet. Yeah. But that's, the, <laughs> that's where season two's going, kids. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. And that is the season one of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, well, how did everybody feel about Kingdom Hearts? Uh, you know, that, that was fun. I really liked how we pitched this. Um, I think we every little story that we go into, every world has a lesson to it that changes Sora in the better or for worse at times. Actually, for mostly better, but, you know, yeah. he just gets down a couple times. Now, sometimes you need to hit those obstacles so you can get over them and become better because yeah. of it. Because, no, I really do like how Sora has, like, a struggle, and he's like, oh, I think this, and then, oh, now, because of this thing that just happened, I'm going to change. And Yeah, and I think all those lessons come together at the end. We just didn't, you know, we don't have time to go into every beat and intricacy of, of Sora's personality. Right. But I, yeah, I think that this really does do a good job of keeping the spirit of the games alive. Yes. But also letting it be kind of like its own story and, like, let, letting you kind of uh, be third person and watching it unfold. Yes, and I like how the overall theme is friendship, and that's what the game's all about, too. And mm-hmm. very ham-fistedly is friendship. <laughs> a big thing in the first game is always asking, like, oh, where are you from? Like, oh, this is my area, this is my area. But we're more asking about, like, who am I? Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, Riku's trying to find himself. Like, am I in the darkness? And then Sora's the opposite. And all the people that we talked about, like Jack Skellington, and he changes. And that's their, that's who they are now, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, it's all about the individual journey. Yes. Cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I think it would be fair to bring up, you know, the other Kingdom Hearts games, most especially Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm, okay. Um, just because, you know, in, in adaptation, you could take liberties with certain things, add certain things, but we kept pretty true to Kingdom Hearts 1. Right. I mean, is there, uh, I don't know, any facet of, of 2 that you are interested in seeing kind of like translated to uh, another medium? Uh, there are certain things, just like the different worlds. I think would be cool again, story wise. Yeah, how do you feel about the the way that the story evolves from one to two? I, I think we would have to start taking liberties from the games once we started getting into Chain of Memories and 2, because Kingdom Hearts works at best when it's simple, mm-hmm. where it's like, here's the good, here's the bad. And when they do start getting into, like, oh, who's the cloaked figure? And it's like, oh, the bad guy that you thought was the bad guy actually was the heartless of the bad guy. And this is the real nice guy, but he has a nobody that's... Yeah, there's, gets, like, so many layers of, like, different bad people there could be, and then there's, like, well, there's goodness in some of them, but then it's... It's not necessarily about the good and evil anymore. It's just about, all right, the, these are different types of people, and it kind of, like, loses a little bit of its, like, flair. Right. It goes from nobodies to heartlesses to just regulars. And there's also, like, certain characters that look similar in different games. So, like, in Birth by Sleep, there's this other character named Ventus, and then in Kingdom Hearts 2, there's this character named Roxas that look 
exactly the same. Like, before I had played the Birth by Sleep, I thought they were the same character, where I was like, oh, I can't wait to play for Roxas again. And it was like, oh, no, different person. And I mean, I, I don't know if they're, like, supposed to do that just because they all kind of look like Sora, and you kind of want your protagonist to look the same, but it, it gets confusing when you, like, definitively state that these are kind of different people. Again, simpler is better. We don't need time travel in this. Like, that's the newest game before 3 comes out. That's Dream Drop Distance has time travel in it. And that makes everything confusing. Mm -hmm. Where Just avoid time travel in general. (laughs) Yeah, if we get to Season 5, maybe Dream Drop Distance will uh, be left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, the thing is, if you did adapt it, you just have to take some liberties from the game at that point. Do you have other games that, like, you know, that you'd want to adapt or put into either arcs or their own kind of seasons? Because obviously I really like Chain of Memories because that's my, like, childhood game. And I think parts of 2, if you excise some of the, the, the unnecessary complications, are, is good. I think if we did Kingdom Hearts 2, I think we will have Kingdom Hearts 2 as, like, the A plot and then an overall B plot is, was it, 358 days Uh, over 2? Yeah, it's like 358 days over 2 or something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think that should be the B storyline because then we can sort of see Roxas's overall arc, too, where we see, like, oh, this is why it's so tragic and he had a good friend that died and they really like ice cream. Well, there's a... 358 days over two, which I'm going to try and do it right for the for the fans of the thing. Because uh, that, that takes concurrent, that's concurrently with like Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories, and Kingdom Hearts 2? Or does that happen? Because I know it's supposed to happen at the same time as certain games. I think it's supposed to go on when Chain of Memories is definitely part of it and might be part of one, and then it ends right before two starts. Okay. Because Roxas is like in a simulator yeah. uh, at the beginning of it. So I guess what's your current thoughts of, like, what are you expecting for the third Kingdom Hearts? Uh, For the third one, uh, I'm expecting some very interesting gameplay. Uh, It definitely looks like they're going harder into, like, the the grandiose of it because, you know, there were epic moments in one and two, but they were all, like, kind of normal fighting Mm -hmm. things. But then there's, like, you can ride, like, the light train or whatever and, like, (laughs) smash into one of the villains. And like they're, I feel like they're really going for the epic scope of things. Like even in the Toy Story section that they're supposed mm-hmm. to be, it feels like they made Andy's room like so much bigger. And you know, you get the tower in Rapunzel, and that's like far away and tall. It feels like they're really playing with scale. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to try and like I don't figure out why thematically they're trying to make everything seem bigger around Sora. I'm very excited for the third game. Like I said, it's been over a decade since I got the last my last hit of this. Mm-hmm. I am worried about the casuals, though, because yeah. there has been so much story between the second game and to where we are now, and so many different consoles that the games have been on, where unless you've done as much research as we have and we're still confused by it, yeah, I don't think the people that haven't kept up with it are going to really be able to follow a lot of it yeah it's it's really seems like it's a game for the hardcore fans if they if they really play with all of the stories that have been laid out before them Mm -hmm. because i don't understand why they would make so many games if they weren't going to use all of the stories because it seems like they all not all of them but most of the time they end somewhat cliffhangery or like in a way that you could use these characters again yeah well, I mean, inside baseball, like, the reason why they took so long to do this was because they were focusing on fan- Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. and this definitely took a backseat. Which is fair. Final Fantasy is a more uh, worldwide, mm-hmm. like, it makes a lot more money for them. May- yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. But 
Yeah, I'm a little worried for that aspect that people are going to have a sort of a backlash to, like, I was so confused. Like, who I thought this Ventus guy was Roxas. Like, sort of the things that we're talking about right now, and they're like, time travel, and we'll see. One thing I also want to remind people is that these games are, like, sort of cheesy at times. (laughs) I mean, the entire purpose of the game is to be like, look for the lightness instead of the darkness in your heart. Like, of course they're cheesy. (laughs) But But still good. Like, still very fun and, like... We wouldn't have talked about this for however long this podcast ends up being for it to not be great, even though it's, you know, still a little cheesy. Yeah, exactly. I I don't think there's really anything else I want to tackle. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, once, once, you know, Netflix picks us up for that season two and three, then we'll we'll, (laughs) we'll come right back at you guys with that uh, chain of memories, three, six, five days of whatever the number is over two. hit you up with that, with that crossover. Yep. So if you guys want to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, it's just Dr. Script. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Dr. Script Podcast, like Dr. Script, but abbreviated. And listen li- to us on all the things, man. You know, wherever you get wherever you get your podcasts, if you're listening on iTunes, leave us that five star review or whatever star. It's OK if you, you know, it could be four, <laughs> maybe four and a half, really, whatever, whatever your choice is. Uh, and if you if you want to leave like a full review, like type up some stuff in the in the bar, it'd be great to get some feedback, whatever, whatever floats your boat and totes your goat, man. Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, do we want to give a little hint of what we're doing next week? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> well, you know, if you're as long as you listen to this podcast legally on iTunes or <laughs> or, uh, uh, so, or or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Uh, just do it that way. Don't don't pirate this this cast. Yeah, d- you know, dead men tell no tales. And sometimes they come to you on stranger tides. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks Bye. again for listening.